Welcome to the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Mike Yostrowski in association with Underground Sports Philadelphia. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Mikey Ostrowski, joined as always by Mr. Kyle Bennett. How you doing tonight, buddy? I am friggin' terrible because I lost both my leagues. I got absolutely mollywopped in my league of record, and uh, the Eagles lost. So I'm here. I have a nice mug full of, of ice-cold, uh, not-sponsored water, and... Uh, I'm ready to talk week four because hopefully I'm on the up and up. Man, I got to say, I'm doing the exact opposite of you. I won both of my big leagues. I think I actually, out of my eight leagues, I only lost one game this week, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Carolina finally got in the win column. Kyle Allen looks pretty damn good back there at quarterback. So uh, I'm having a great week so far. You, sir, are what they call a jerk. A jerk. <laughs> hey, that's all right. I'd rather be a jerk than a loser. Fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we got, we're, we're going to go over a few things before we get into our weekly top performers, bust of the week, you know, all that fun stuff. Uh, I guess the main thing we should probably bring up is Saquon Barkley is potentially out until week 12 right now. Uh, man, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but owning Saquon ain't one. Uh, I know. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't have a, I didn't have the first overall pick. I mean, I would have taken Christian McCaffrey anyway. Everyone knows same. that, but uh, but yeah, this it, is it, a, it really this is, is a, a shame. It's an absolute bummer. Uh, high ankle sprain. They're talking about four to eight weeks, but more on the eight week side of things. You and I were talking before we started recording. Uh, he was going to get a second opinion, and it looked even more pessimistic than the eight weeks. So, uh, if you're in redraft leagues sell Saquon for a King's Ransom because people are going to be like, oh, I'll load up for the playoffs. You don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back from this injury. Try and yeah. get like as many talented players to bolster your roster, get some depth, and uh, sell Saquon in redraft leagues. That's my advice of the week. Absolutely, and if you don't have Saquon Barkley and you still want to benefit from it, if you have a top waiver priority, pick up Wayne Goldman and uh, sell him to the desperate Saquon Barkley owner. Yes, take full advantage, make them your puppet, and be the king, uh, you know, marionette minder that you are. Other injury news, Alshon Jeffrey is slated to return this Thursday night while his counterpart, uh, Deshaun Jackson, will most likely not be playing. Um, I know you're a big Eagles fan, so it's got to be pretty big for Alshon Jeffrey coming back in the lineup. Uh, can somebody cue Chance the Rapper blessings? Because this is like a giant blessing that is falling in my lap. Alshon is going to be such a big boost back out there. Um, it sucks that Deshaun won't be back, but it was expected. They knew it was going to be a multi-week injury, but for Alshon to be able to come back this week and feel 100%, he was upgraded to full today. And... Uh, you know, hopefully he doesn't come back with a case of the drops. He's like the rest of the wide receivers on my team. Oh, like Nelson Aguilar getting called out by the guy. Oh, my God. 
That is so funny. Did and you then, see Nelson Aguilar's response on Twitter? Nelson though? invited him to the game uh, against the Jets, and uh, John Clark from NBC Sports Philly and NBC10 caught up with that gentleman, and uh, he said he caught two people out of that window and ran them in for touchdowns. <laughs> oh my god. You gotta love Philly, man. That's hilarious. Uh, but it's good to see Alshon coming back, mostly because your boy has some Alshon stock in our, our league of record, our trophy league, and uh, it's it's much needed for my wide receiver core, although you and I made some history as well, making uh, our first trade ever with each other yeah, in the six years is, we've been doing this thing. This is the seven, no, the, you're right, this is the sixth year. Uh, so it took us six years to finally get a trade done. No, this is seven, other, actually. And, is it? Yeah, because you got to count 13. Oh, that's right. You're that's seven. Right. took us seven years. Wow. But it finally happened. I know, and it was such a minor trade, too. We'll dive <laughs> into it in a little bit. Baby steps. Exactly. Uh, speaking of injury news, Jordan Reed was feared to potentially have a career-ending concussion with his concussion history. Uh, but the Redskins, the Redskins did come out today and say they do expect him to be back in 2019. Um just monitor that because i know some people are using vernon davis right now and if jordan reed is back in the lineup obviously vernon davis should not be in your starting i don't trust lineups. anything the washington team does i thought jay gruden was gonna get fired at halftime last night and then we have ty hilton who is potentially gonna miss week four with a quad injury um so he entered week three with a quad injury ended up playing and then kind of kind of re-injured himself uh, so definitely pay attention to his status as Sunday Hello, gets a little bit closer. Hello, Paris Campbell. Hello, Paris Campbell, indeed. Especially since, I mean, who else is there at this point? Literally just him and the tight ends? Exactly. Yeah, so he could be in line for a big uh, step up. And then one final piece of injury news. Um, the Panthers finally came out and admitted that Cam Newton does indeed have a serious foot injury. It's actually a Liz Liz Frank injury. Yeah, Liz I'd, Frank. But no, Mikey, his foot's fine. He's not injured. He's totally okay. You know, he's 100%. That's what Ron Rivera told us. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm so <laughs> mad at that franchise right now. It was so obvious that there was something wrong with him, even before week one started. You knew that when he got hurt in that preseason game that things were just going to not go so well. But dude, dude, we, we have breaking news like we always do on the podcast here. Uh, the Seahawks are sending former third-round tight end Nick Vanett to the Steelers per Adam Schefter. Wah, 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 wah. What are the that Steelers was, doing? That was not exciting at all. <laughs> <laughs> dude, but this is back-to-back Steelers trades on the pod. I know. Well, Shout I guess out to Pittsburgh. Uh, can't tell if we're good luck or bad luck for them, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it up one, anyway. <laughs> one final bit of former Pittsburgh news, though, that we can finally put this to rest, hopefully. Antonio Brown's been released by the New England Patriots. Uh, more accusations continue to come up. He went on an absolute Twitter tirade, deleted a bunch of the tweets afterwards. Uh, the Patriots are trying to not pay him his money now, and... Uh, you know, I think Antonio Brown just needs to go away for a long, long time. Yeah, I saw he uh, was re-enrolled in school, and uh, I saw someone on Twitter today saying, "God help the English professor who has to oh, grade his papers." <laughs> <laughs> That's That'll brutal. be hilarious. And then the last thing of news is actually staying with the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
Uh, Vance McDonald was spotted in a sling at practice today. So That explains uh, the Nick Vance Vanden Mc- trade. Yep, so Vance McDonald may not be playing uh, when the Pittsburgh Steelers take on the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday night. Vance and, McDonald's uh, in a sling. Believe, believe that's it for around the league. Not a whole hell of a lot going on besides those injuries and that uh, that quick Steelers trade just there. Uh, with that being said, though, uh, even if Vance McDonald doesn't play, please don't think Nick <laughs> Vanek can be in your lineup. <laughs> Especially not the first week. Like, that's not a thing. Anyway, let's get to the top performers. So the top performers of week three, we'll start with the quarterbacks. Uh, Russell Wilson, Daniel Jones, and Pat Mahomes. Now, Russell Wilson was the number one overall quarterback on the week. And, I mean, even though his team took a pretty devastating loss, he was incredible. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a Russell Wilson believer. It's just a matter of uh, he's had no offensive line. And, uh he, it's it's what you kind of expect from him, and you know he just went out there and continued to prove his haters wrong. See, but I wouldn't expect. Not only did he have over four hundred passing yards, but he had fifty rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns to go with his two passing touchdowns. I mean, he was literally their entire team on Sunday. He looked incredible. Um, you know, I I am guilty of of hating on Russell Wilson, and looking at his schedule, it. You know, after week four, it does get a lot harder. So I'm not, I'm not expecting him to come close to having a 40 point week. Uh, you know, much more for the rest of the season. But Russell Wilson, after this performance, you got to feel comfortable with using him as your QB one. For sure. I mean, he's got the the weapons. He's been there the longest, and uh, you know, he's Russell Wilson. And speaking of QB ones, Daniel Jones is now the New York Giants QB one. He led them to a last-minute victory against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a rushing score. Uh, dude, even as an Eagles fan, you have to admit, he looked pretty damn good on Sunday. Can we talk about how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just like split open like the Red Sea and Daniel Jones looked like Moses just running through for that touchdown? Like, what oh, the know. hell were they doing? That was pretty bad. It's like Saquon Barkley was off the field, so they completely forgot to leave anyone in front of the line. That's a that they should have fired their defensive. Like Todd Bowles should not have been able to go to his press conferences the rest of the week. Like that is a fireable offense. That is terrible. Yeah, that was bad. But Daniel Jones comes in, throws for over three hundred yards, two passing touchdowns. He even had two rushing touchdowns. So uh, you know. I'm definitely going to say this is definitely a ceiling game for Daniel Jones. Uh, if you're expecting him to have over 30 points every week, uh, you are sincerely not understanding how football works. But uh, I do think Daniel now that Jones, Saquon's out. Yeah, I mean, but this this offense is going to be it's it's now going to be a pass first offense. So I think Daniel Jones definitely needs to be rostered in all formats. He's probably going to be the first, if not the only quarterback taken off of waivers this week in your leagues. Um, and then Sterling Shepard gets a bump. Evan Ingram gets a massive bump, and he was already pretty high. So I think this is I think this is a very good thing for the New York Giants passing attack. You mean Evan Beckham Jr.? Dude, he's good. That one-handed catch? He is damn good. <laughs> and then the last quarterback who was the top performer, who it's going to get pretty damn old talking about him every week because he's always going to finish I don't even think we need to talk about him anymore until he just like does something even more stupid but he is on pace to do something stupid so just talk about him 
Yeah, Pat Mahomes, there was a stat on Twitter. He is currently on pace to have 53 touchdowns and over 6,000 passing yards. But Troy Aikman came at his neck hardcore on the Twitter.com. Troy, I know you're I know you're Mr. Big Time Cowboy alumni dude, but put the Twitter fingers away. I know, dude, that was such a stupid thing to say. Like, I think I'm 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 99% sure he was joking, but on the off chance he was being serious, like that was such a dumb thing to say. That wasn't even a funny joke if it was a joke. Like, no, it was pretty corny. Like Pat Mahomes has realistically only had the chance to go to one Super Bowl and he's going to have a chance to get, go for his second potential Super Bowl and then his third potential Super Bowl next year and then the year after that. Like it's that's just a stupid thing for for Aikman to say. I thought it was stupid. so dumb. Just dumb. I, uh, moving on. In the quarterbacks oh. though, even though he lost and it was a, a more pedestrian game, I was still impressed by Lamar Jackson because he went toe to toe with Pat Mahomes in that game and that game was hella fun to watch. That was a really fun game to watch. It was a bit of a sloppy start for Lamar Jackson um, and and crew. It was a bit disappointing that he didn't have a single passing touchdown. Um, there was there was a clip from the game that you could look at where him and Mark Andrews are essentially waving at each other. Mark Andrews was wide open in the end zone, but Lamar Jackson just uh, I guess he just wasn't comfortable with making that throw there. Now and, it was uh, it he, was raining in Kansas City as well, so oh, it was pouring. And fun fact, Lamar Jackson's two losses as a, as a starting quarterback, both at Kansas City. And that's a pretty damn tough place to win a game. So, I mean, he rebounded. He had those insane uh, juke moves to score some rushing touchdowns. I was impressed, even though it wasn't his best game. Yeah, and speaking of Lamar Jackson, we can go right into the running backs and bring up Mark Ingram. And oh, buddy. Um, Mark I Ingram. I don't. I'm still a hater. I still don't believe in Mark Ingram, but I guess I will admit I was very wrong on him this week, and he looked incredible. Uh, I got a I got a fun little little stat for you, here, Mikey. Uh, through the first couple weeks here of this of this 2019 NFL season, can can you name the top five rushers in the NFL? Well, I'm guessing Mark Ingram's one. Mark Ingram is number five. Dalvin Cook's got to be the first. Dalvin Cook's in there. Christian McCaffrey's in there. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon's in there. But uh, Mark Ingram, number five. Yeah, not bad, not bad. You need to stop hating on running backs, brother. <laughs> Dude, I just, it's, it's, I just can't it's get clear. Mark Ingram. It's clear that Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay listen to the podcast. Yeah, and looking at Mark Ingram's <laughs> schedule, he really doesn't have a difficult schedule for the remainder of the season either. He's got like one or two difficult weeks. So Fire him know, up. maybe maybe it's time to admit that I was completely wrong about Mark Ingram, and he might just be able to be trusted as a top 12 running back for the rest of the season. And arguably, I think a lot of people were just wrong about the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, I definitely was. I I will be the first to admit, I thought Lamar Jackson had upside, but I didn't think that he was going to be able to rally the team the way that he has been. So, uh, you know, and I didn't think Marquise Brown was going to come in and, and be an immediate impact player. I don't think many of us did. Um, you know, we knew he was going to be good, mm-hmm. but we didn't think he was going to be this good this fast. Right. So, you know, definitely hats off to the Baltimore Ravens. They are just single-handedly proving almost the entire fantasy world wrong. And the NFL in general. Uh, Alvin Kamara was the number one scoring running back of the week. 
Um, even with Teddy Bridgewater back there, he was still Alvin Kamara. I mean, there's there's nothing else to say about him besides he is a fantastic top five fantasy football player. Yeah, Teddy looked more comfortable too, which is good. I mean, obviously, guys are going to take a hit, but Teddy looked more comfortable back there. And if Alvin Kamara can be that dump-off guy for him too, that's just going to load up more points for uh, Mr. AK-41 is his number, I think. I don't even care. I don't like Stupid him. Stupid Saints. <laughs> no, I know. It's just a bitter Panthers fan of me talking. It's a bitter Eagles fan of me talking, too. There you go. Uh, Philip Lindsay was the third best running back in week four. What a stud. Uh, yeah, he had over 80 yards. He rushed the ball over 20 times, two rushing touchdowns, and even had four catches for 49 yards. Um, I will chalk this up to Royce Freeman being out for a part of the game. Um, I do think that... I, I don't know. I don't. I still just don't know how to treat this backfield because it's such a it's such a timeshare. You know, oh, yeah. you it's, never it's, know. It's like a literal yin yang. Yeah, you never know which one is going to have the better week. I mean, obviously, I'd say about seventy five percent of the time it's going to be Philip Lindsay, mm-hmm. but Royce Freeman is still serviceable. I mean, these are both two guys that you can you could you could play mm-hmm. in your roster at any given time. But you have to know that you you're not allowed to be disappointed when they only get you like ten to twelve points. Yeah. So you know Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman both decent plays depending on the matchups. Um, they do have Jacksonville this weekend, and I'm not very fond of any Denver Bronco in that game. So you know, but it also depends on if Jalen Ramsey's still there and if he plays this Sunday. So Which, that is definitely something to monitor. PSA for the people. The Philadelphia Eagles are not trading Zach Ertz for Jalen Ramsey. Just have no, to put I don't that know out where there. That came from. Just have I to really put that out that there. That was from. that is a completely false report. I've talked to my people that are in tab with the Eagles because I am based here in the the South Jersey Philly region. That is a completely shambolic report. Do not listen to it. You know what you can listen to though. You can listen to Christian McCaffrey rather than off a seventy-nine yard touchdown. Oh so, my god! So. He's run CMC, so would his number one hit single featuring Aerosmith be run this way? No doubt. <laughs> no doubt at all. I'm all about the Christian McCaffrey puns because I I think I'm in love with Christian McCaffrey. You heard it here first, folks. Mikey's going to go on The Bachelor with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, if I don't win, I'm burning the place down. <laughs> But, yeah, you don't need us to tell you how amazing Christian McCaffrey is, and you don't need us to tell you how amazing Dalvin Cook is either. I mean, he is that offense. he's he's leading the NFL in rushing yards. Uh, he's He just looks great, um, you know. So, CMC, Dalvin Cook, keep playing them as your, no doubt, surefire RB1 week in and week out. Uh, moving on to the receivers, a guy that there was – Starting to be a little bit of panic creeping up on us. Never a doubt. Completely got dispelled. Never a doubt. Completely got dispelled. Mike Evans went off. He had like three touchdowns. He had over 30. No, he had like 45 fantasy points uh, in week four or in week three. And uh, for anyone that thought Chris Godwin was the number one receiver in this offense, um, yeah, you don't think that anymore. Never a doubt. I saw a very funny tweet, though. Somebody said that Mike Evans made Johnny Manziel Johnny football at Texas A&M. And I couldn't agree more. Yeah, Mike Evans. What a beast. Mike Evans is a special player. And uh, Keenan Allen's also a special player, too. 
Man. Um, did you know Keenan Allen is currently leading uh, – he's leading the NFL in fantasy points right now. Absurd. Out of every single position, quarterbacks, everything. I mean, it definitely helps that he went off for over 43 points, 43 PPR points in week three. But uh, he has a juicy, juicy matchup against the Miami Dolphins this weekend. And, uh, yeah, Keenan Allen, you don't need us to say anything else. Yeah, I mean, it helps that, uh, you know, uh, Melvin Gordon still hasn't played. Um, and Hunter Henry got hurt. Hunter Henry got hurt. Mike Williams still kind of banged up. So Keenan Allen's literally the only option <laughs> for that offense. But, I mean, when yeah. you got him, you got him. And he's balling out right now. And uh, You just got to fire him up. He's he's elite. Yeah, and you're also going to be firing up Cooper Cup pretty much every week. I mean, he looked absolutely electric this past weekend. He had over 100 yards, two receiving touchdowns against Cleveland's defense. Um, and I... I I've been saying this all off season, and I think he's starting to prove every, starting to prove me right. Is uh, Cooper Cup is the number one option for Jared Goff in this offense? Jared Gurf, who Jared uh, Gurf loves himself some Cooper Cup. He's still got some uh, Bill Belichick hangover, but one. Speaking of the Rams, it's not it's it's kind of fantasy relevant because he makes Jared Goff stay you know upright. Shout out to our homie, friend of the network, Jamil Demby, getting his first NFL start on Sunday Night Football. Oh, dude, that was awesome when they were going through and they were like showing the players like. It was just get a uh, Jamil Demby main. I was I was living, man. Yeah, I was like, whoa! I know that guy. I used to sit in the trainer's office with him after school. Shout out to the homie. Yeah, so that's awesome to see him there. Um guy that is in the same division as our boy uh, is Tyler Lockett from the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, he's making me look real dumb. Oh, dude, he looked incredible. And I got to say, I I slotted him in at the very last second over DJ Moore this past Sunday. And I am so happy that I did. I mean, the dude went off 154 yards and a touchdown, 11 receptions, over 32 fantasy points. Um, you know, that week one, when he only had two targets and, and had a touchdown, we all thought, oh, damn, this is this is what it's like. Uh, but the past two weeks, he has had uh, 12 targets in week two and 14 targets in week three. Russell Wilson is perfectly fine with hyper-targeting Tyler Lockett. And especially with him being in the slot, he's just – he's money. Yeah, he's just hyper-targeting my heart with daggers of just stupidity. <laughs> 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 oh my god and then the last guy that we're going to talk about the receiver position is uh he played on monday night football taylor gabriel went Poor off. guy went he off had, uh, went off on the field and went off the field as well i know it's such a shame but he had six catches 75 yards and three receiving touchdowns uh and i didn't get a chance to watch all the highlights but i did see one of his touchdowns and it was an absolute beauty uh so taylor gabriel did leave that game with a concussion so he probably isn't going to be a huge top waiver priority just because you can't use him immediately especially um, in a short week i don't think the bears are going to rush him back no definitely not and if it's concussion i mean there's there's but, not a whole hell of a lot the chicago bears could even do about it that's the that's the taylor gabriel that the bears thought they were signing in free agency that's what he did in atlanta that's what he did with the browns for a short stint while he was there but especially in atlanta he was that you know slot guy that was just going to take the top off the defense and burn guys and that's exactly what he did last night 
Yeah, so if you have a deeper bench or if you can even afford just to sit on him for a week or two, pick him up on waivers this week because it's very apparent that Mitch Trubisky trusts him. And after a three-touchdown performance, I can't imagine Mitch Trubisky targeting him any less. So uh, he's definitely an interesting interesting guy to go after Just right remember, guys, Mitch Trubisky stinks. Yes, he does, but that's always good for a slot receiver. <laughs> Very um, true. And then the, the top tight ends we'll talk about, we have Darren Waller from the Oakland Raiders, who we all knew was going to be pretty much hyper-targeted when Antonio Brown left because it's basically just Darren Waller, Darren Waller and Tyrell Williams. But I didn't expect him to be able to go off for 13 catches for 134 yards in a single game. That's what happens when Derek Carr is your uh, franchise quote-unquote quarterback. Yeah. He's dude. got a dink and dunk, and, you know, when you got a tight end there, we saw this last year, though. Like, with, you can plug and, you can literally plug and play any tight end in Oakland, and you're going to get the same result because of who the quarterback is. Yeah, no doubt. And Darren Waller is a top three tight end right now. Actually has more fantasy points than Travis Kelsey. And That's he's only being stupid. beat by uh, he's only being beat by Mark Andrews and Evan Ingram right now. So Darren Waller, if you were able to get him uh, either super late in your draft or off those first waivers a couple weeks ago, you are sitting pretty because chances are you're plugging in and playing him in every single week. Your boy though, uh, Mikey. Your boy coming dude, up here. I know Greg Olson looked absolutely incredible. I mean, granted, granted, I will admit Arizona's defense is they. I think they just purposely leave the tight ends open because <laughs> week one, they gave up 25 points to TJ Hawkinson. Week two, they gave up 25 points to Mark Andrews. And week three, they gave up 25 points to Greg Olson. So with that being said, if you have Will Disley or he's available on your waivers and you need a tight end this week, you pick up Will Disley and you put him in because he's got that tight end matchup against Arizona this week. If I'm not mistaken, too, Arizona runs a 3-4, so they have more linebackers on the field. Yeah, I don't really understand what's going on with them. All that I know is that my boy Greg Olson completely shredded him. He was definitely one of Kyle Allen's favorite targets, aside from Christian McCaffrey. And uh, I think you can keep rolling with him. I really do. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got a guy who is not accustomed to the NFL yet and is going to need that safety blanket. And who better than, than Greg Olson, one of the best to ever do it at the tight end position. Exactly. And then another guy that we have who is super consistent in a very high-powered offense uh, is Austin Hooper, who had a huge game himself at the tight end position. Uh, you know, I've been saying it since this offseason. He was the perfect late-round grab as a tight end because last year he quietly finished as the tight end six, and I can't imagine a scenario where he finishes worse than eight this year, and so far, so good. So Austin Hooper's another guy that you could plug and play in pretty much any matchup. And you know what Austin Hooper could potentially do for you, Mikey? What's that? He could potentially win you a trophy. And oh, if you're going to win could. a trophy, you should go to our friends at trophysmack.com. Because, yeah, you know, it's Trophy Smack, it's, it's the place to go for all your fantasy championship needs. You know, um, we were talking about him last week. We just brought him in as a sponsor. It's super cool for them to have us. And in return, you know, they've got super cool products. You know, they've got the trophies. They've got the rings. They've got the championship belts. The items all come with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Uh, they're completely customizable, and they can be engraved however you want. And, you know, if our listeners go in to trophysmack.com and they 
wish to buy themselves something neat, they can use the code GOLINE, that's G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E, uh, at the checkout, and their first engraving will be free, their shipping will be free, and they'll receive a championship ring. That's a $59 value for absolutely free. You can't beat that. And, you know, why wait till the end of the season to get your trophy when you can order it now and just get, you know, that that perfect, perfect belt to show off around the office, gloat in everybody's face, and while you're wearing your belt, you get to wear that nice $59 valued ring that you got for absolutely free. Yeah, it's awesome. Championships are only 12 weeks away, so don't delay. Get those trophies ordered today. Again, that's trophysmack.com, and use the code GOALLINE at checkout. You will not be disappointed. These trophies are freaking awesome. Now to get into Uh, the guys that potentially could cost you your trophy with how they've been playing. Yeah. Yeah, you uh you'll be helping pay for the uh for the winner's <laughs> trophy in this in this scenario. And we have there's three guys at quarterback position that I want to talk about. One is not surprising, but the first two we're gonna talk about. Pretty surprising busts up to this point. And I'm not talking just week three. I mean all three weeks they have been pretty much busts. I have the a first one to add about. in there too that we'll we'll put as the last guy, but kick it off with uh Mr. R E L A X. Ugh, dude, Aaron Rodgers. I there's nothing wrong with Aaron Rodgers, and there's nothing wrong with Devontae Adams. There's just everything wrong with Matt Lafleur calling this offense. Like it is just not friendly, and Aaron Rodgers is clearly not producing to the level that he should be. And I, I'm not panicking on Aaron Rodgers, but a part of me is starting to panic on this offense. You know. Uh, they're they're splitting the running back carries. Uh, Jamal Williams actually had more carries and more touches uh, than Aaron Jones did this past Sunday. Devontae Adams only had four targets, and there's just there's just something not right. So I am nervous to start Aaron Rodgers um, in my fantasy lineup. R E L A X. If you haven't already, make sure you check out Eagles Enemies this week on the Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast feed. If you subscribe to us, you get a nice little push notification and know that it is there for you to listen to. And the Eagles play the Packers this week, so I got to talk with uh, Packer Reports publisher Ross Uglum about this matchup and uh, just about last week's matchup as the Packers uh, played against the Broncos. It was all game script. You know, it was it was not a, a friendly environment. It was raining during that game, and... Uh, you know, it was kind of the the answer to why we saw more Jamal Williams was why waste Aaron Jones and potentially get him hurt while it's raining. Uh, and you know, Aaron Rodgers even came out and said that we've got to get Devontae Adams more targets. We got to get Jimmy Graham more involved. I expect to see that, and unfortunately, it's going to come against my Philadelphia Eagles on a short week at Lambeau Field. Uh, I am totally okay with both Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. I think they're going to be fine. And I, I, I don't, uh, I don't have anything against Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams. I'm just so scared of Matt Lafleur because he just, he just sucks, man. He really <laughs> does. But I'm not, like I said, I'm not panicking on Aaron Rodgers, but I am hesitant to put him in my lineup. If that makes sense. 
That's fair. I mean, he's playing the Eagles this week, and their secondary is absolutely decimated. No Ron, no Ronald Darby this week. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's still not here. So uh, yeah, this this could be the big Aaron Rodgers Devontae Adams week that we should have had uh, at least once in the past three weeks. Yeah, all the Packers are gonna probably pop off, and I'm gonna be extremely sad during the next episode of this podcast. But uh, a coach that I'm really worried about is this next guy's coach that we're gonna talk about is Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker, I think, has been severely little overhyped coming into this season. Uh, he's definitely regressing, but I think a lot of it is because Freddie Kitchens is not a good head coach. No, I don't think he is either, and I I don't fully blame him. I do kind of blame Baker just because, I mean, there are a few plays where he has just looked like a deer in headlights. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous. There's something going on with Baker I mean, obviously the talent's there. We saw it last year. He uh, was phenomenal as a rookie quarterback. But I have I have seen people on the timeline today dropping Baker Mayfield. And this is not something that any of us were expecting when he was being drafted in the 6th and 7th round as like the 4th or 5th quarterback overall back in August. So it's, it's definitely worrisome. And I am... I'm panicking on Baker Mayfield for sure. Oh, yeah, I'm panicking mostly because of Freddie Kitchens. I don't know if you saw this on the timeline. Uh, Warren Sharp, he's a great football analyst and everything, took some screenshots of how the, the Cleveland Browns offense was lining up and how they were running their routes. There's literally no like scheme to it. They're just lining up and hoping that Odell and Jarvis Landry are going to get open somehow, some way. And I think that's what's affecting Baker because he doesn't know what routes they're running and if it's not what he thinks it is, he's going to look like that deer in headlights. And I think a big part of this is Freddie Kitchens is not a good play caller. He's not, you know, helping this offense in any which way. And it's affecting Baker Mayfield. And it sucks. But I think a lot of us expect a little bit of regression. But we're getting coaching a issues lot. now, too. Yeah, it's it, it's very, very troublesome. I own him in only one of my leagues. I am not dropping him. Um, I refuse to drop a guy that I spent a decent amount of draft capital in already. So I am holding on to Baker for at least another two weeks. The reason why I say two weeks is because he's playing Baltimore this week. Mm. And Baltimore's defense is well enough to shut down some of the best quarterbacks in the game. So I'm not going to hold too much against Baker. Would you say Baker's a buy-low candidate? Um... I don't know if I would go out and buy him unless I can get him for like dirt cheap, like buying him lower than low. Say you are a Ben Roethlisberger owner, a Drew Brees owner, and you didn't get you know the quarterback you potentially wanted. Your backup stinks. Uh, would you attempt to try to you know put a put an offer out to get Baker Mayfield? Only if I'm super stacked at the other positions, and I'm not going to lie, with Daniel Jones being on waivers, with Kyle Allen being on waivers, chances are Andy Dalton's still on waivers. I'm probably not making a move for Baker Mayfield if I can get one of those guys off waivers. That's fair. Uh, And then moving on to the last guy is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Coupons! No one in their right mind has started him since week one ended. And uh, you're not going to be probably at all this season. Kirk Cousins is a huge red flag. He shouldn't even be rostered. Uh, If my only options were to pick up Kirk Cousins on the waiver wire or buy low on Baker Mayfield, 
that's the situation where I would buy it low on Baker Mayfield. So I do not like Kirk Cousins at all going forward. My brand is thriving. You all know that I thought Kirk Coupons was overrated. That's why I call him Coupons. Oh my god. It, it's just it's it's things that the average NFL fan hates to see. But man, you really hate to see Kirk Coupons struggling because he's overrated as hell. And he's destroying that passing offense one week at a time. Shout out to the Dalvin Cook owners because he's going off, but Kirk Coupons stinks. Well, you know what I know you actually hate to see? That is your boy James Conner right now. I have one more quarterback to pick your brain about, though. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I completely slipped my mind. Sure, he got stats and everything. Are you concerned about Matt Ryan? No. See, I'm a little concerned. Matt Ryan's got six interceptions through three games. He threw seven all last year. Uh, could not get Calvin Ridley involved last week. And he his arm strength looks down. I'm starting to get a little concerned about Matt Ryan. Uh, maybe if I were a Falcons fan, I would be worried. But I hate the Falcons, so couldn't care less. Well, uh, as, as a, a fan- fantasy as a fantasy owner, I'm not worried at all because that offense is its a high-octane offense. I don't care if Matt Ryan throws three interceptions a game. If he can throw three touchdowns and 300 passing yards, uh, that'll more than make up for it. So I'm, I'm not worried about Matt Ryan. Um, I, I will say, for the record, this offseason, I was fading him hard. I was telling everyone to avoid him. Um, but he... Until he reaches the expectations that I thought I had for him, I won't be worried about him because I already had him so low. So I think he is a safe quarterback. Uh, he Even with those six interceptions over three games, he's had over 20 points all three of those games. So I am, I'm not worried about him. As long as he has Julio Jones and Austin Hooper, I think he's going to be just fine. Don't forget about Calvin Ridley. I need those stack points. Well, that's that's the thing, though. It's... <laughs> I know it would be nice to see Calvin Ridley get involved, but the fact of the matter is it, it's Matt Ryan, at one point he was a very good quarterback. I think he might be more towards the average side uh, at this stage in his career. I mean, he's, what, 34 years old? He's not, he's not going to get any better. But the fact of the matter is Julio Jones is arguably one of the greatest receivers of all time. So, I mean, you don't have to be good to throw it to Julio Jones. You just have to be somewhat accurate. You know what I mean? That's fair. So I'm, in short, I'm not worried about Matt Ryan for fantasy. Please bounce back this week, Matty Ice. <laughs> uh, James Conner, are you worried about him? Are you panicking on James Conner? I'm Connor? throwing up all of my nerves with James Conner. Um... This is a victory lap that I hoped I wasn't going to be taking. because. Sucks. I, I like James Conner as a person. You want to root for him. You want to root for his story. Um, I, I've i been fading him since May or, or June or whatever the hell it was. Um, I didn't expect it to be this bad. I don't necessarily blame him as much as I blame the Steelers' offense, but that's also kind of what I was saying all offseason is that this offense wasn't going to be the same without Antonio Brown. And even before Ben Roethlisberger went down with injury, I mean, this, this offense was feeling the effects of not having Antonio Brown in it. Mason Rudolph blows. Uh, this offense is more stagnant than mosquito water. And it's affecting James Conner, which sucks for me as a James Conner owner. 
I will say, though, so James Conner, he gets Cincinnati this Monday night. So he should be able to bounce back at least a little bit. Then he's got two tough matchups with Baltimore and the Chargers, and then he has the bye week in Week 7. However, Week 8 through 10, he has Miami, he has Indianapolis, and he has the Los Angeles Rams. All three of those teams are in the bottom eight for uh, you know, uh, competitiveness against fantasy running backs. So there is a chance for James Conner to reemerge as a really good running back after the bye weeks. But between here and then, I'm kind of holding my breath on him. And, you know, thankfully, I didn't draft him anywhere, so I don't have to worry about it. But James Conner is a guy that I'm almost scared to rely on as an RB1 or RB2. I mean, he's more of a flex option at this point. Melvin Gordon, please come back. A <laughs> uh, guy that I'm – I don't know if I'm worried about him yet is Chris Carson. Nah. Another guy making I... me look like an absolute dumbass. See, I I was pretty hyped on him, but I completely neglected to realize or even remember that he has these fumble issues. Mm-hmm. And week after week, he keeps fumbling, keeps pissing off his team, but Pete Carroll goes back to him. One of these weeks, and I very well think it could be week four, he's going to fumble for the last time. And it's not going to be because he is he gets better at ball security. It's going to be because he loses his job security. Yeah. He's got the so, the old fumbleitis. He's he's been a- so I'm I'm not panicking on him ahead of week four. But if he even has a single fumble, even if they don't lose the fumble in week four, then I'm panicking on Chris Carson because you, no matter how good someone is, you can't keep them on the field if they're going to keep dropping the ball. Exactly, unless they're Chris Carson or Miles Sanders. Yeah, then it's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Josh Jacobs, running back from the Oakland Raiders, was a huge disappointment in Week 2 and a huge disappointment this week. Uh, Josh Jacobs is another guy that neither you or I was understanding the hype around. Um, I will say I think he's kind of a good buy-low candidate at this point because his schedule does get a bit easier. But uh, if I were someone who drafted Josh Jacobs at his ADP in August, I would be panicking big time. Uh, yeah, he's stinking it up. I told you guys that Raiders offensive line is not good, and it was going to affect him, and the Raiders are just not good, and here we are. And the issue is that everyone had these expectations that he was going to be able to come in and steal targets from Jalen Richard, but I, I mean, the dude has three targets through three games, and out of those three targets, he only has one catch. So he's not a threat to take anyone's targets and no matter what they say he's not going to be so josh jacobs is a guy again kind of like james connor he was drafted to be one of your top two running backs and i really couldn't trust him as more than a flex right now yeah we told you we hope you listened and the final guy that i don't know about you i'm so incredibly worried about is todd Gurley. yeah i don't know what the hell's going on it's not even I don't know what they're doing. I mean, here's the thing that scares me is that Todd Gurley is not being used as he should be, but the Rams are still three and O and it's, it's not going to change until the Rams need to correct something with themselves. So Todd Gurley is a guy again, you expected him to be a top two running back and I can't trust him as anything more than a flex option right now. And the only reason why you can trust him as a flex option is, is because he has that big play potential. 
Yeah, I I don't get it. It's it's mind boggling. I know. Uh, but we'll move on to the receivers real quick. Um, Devontae Adams, we already kind of touched base on him. We I'm gooch. not panicked. You're not panicked. Things are going to be fine. Let's see how things go uh, tomorrow night. Uh, since you're listening to this on Wednesday, it will be tomorrow night um, when they play against the Eagles at Lambeau. Robert Woods, uh, we talked about how Cooper Cup was Jared Goff's favorite target. Brandon Cooks is obviously the second favorite target. Uh, Robert Woods taking a bit of a back seat this year. Are you worried about his production moving forward, or do you think he's going to level it out? Um, yes and no. Uh, I think you know he's going to take that back seat because it looks like Jared Gurf is comfortable with Cooper Kerp, and uh, Brandon Cooks Brandon Cooks. He's going to get his, so Robert Woods right now looks like the wide receiver three in that offense, so take that for what it's worth and figure out, you know, how you can kind of maneuver Robert Woods into your lineup and if it's worth playing him in every matchup. Yeah, I'm I'm only playing Robert Woods in two scenarios. One, the game is going to be incredibly lopsided, or two, the game is going to be incredibly competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's if it's just an average game like this week, they're playing against Tampa Bay. I'm not starting him against Tampa Bay. You know, uh, if they're playing against a team that's really good, like New Orleans or Kansas City, I'm playing him there. Or on the opposite side, if they're playing a team like Miami, I'm playing him there. Mm-hmm. But in these in between matchups, I'm too afraid to play Robert Woods. I'd play him against Tampa Bay just because we saw what uh, Danny Dimes did to that Tampa Bay defense, and they're just not good. You know who has a really good matchup this week who was uh, kind of a bust this past week is Mike Williams. Mikey Dubs. He gets to play against the Miami Dolphins. He hasn't done anything spectacular this season yet. If he is going to do it, it's got to be this Sunday, right? Yeah. I think he's still kind of hampered by that knee injury. Um, But I think he's going to have a pretty good game this week, to say the least. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not worried about Mike Williams. Um, I I will say a lot of people were drafting him as like a wide receiver three flex position type of play. Um, I did think he was going to be more consistent, but he's kind of turned into more of a boomer bust play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say he is a boomer bust play that I'm more than willing to play in week four. So I'm not panicking on him. Yeah, he's somebody I think that is suffering because Austin Eckler is the RB1 in that offense. Yeah, uh, and in Tampa Bay, Mike Evans is back. So are we panicking on Chris Godwin and his halfway abysmal game? Godwin equals God wins. I'm not scared at all. Yeah, I mean, he only had four targets, three receptions, 40 yards this past week. But, I mean, here's the thing. That offense can definitely sustain two fantasy wide receiver ones just because of how terrible the run game is and how good of a coach Bruce Arians is and the way that he likes doing things. Um, But if you have a guy like Mike Evans who's going off for three touchdowns and is just playing out of his mind, there's no reason to throw Chris Godwin the ball in this one because Mike Evans was just – his hands were glue. So I'm not worried about Chris Godwin. I can't imagine many people are, uh, so we'll move on from him. Uh, Stephon Diggs, we talked about him last week. We were already panicking on him. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I In my one league, I have a waiver request. I'm adding 
Terry McLaurin and dropping Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Stephon Diggs, uh, I told you guys, he's overrated. And uh, look at me, right once again. Yeah, so I think Stephon Diggs is... He's only droppable if you have a guy like Terry McLaurin or someone like that on your waiver wire right now just because he does have big play potential and you don't know if Minnesota actually can fix things. But if the opportunity presents itself, I you could drop him if you needed someone to drop. Mm-hmm. And then Kenny Galladay, we're not worried about him, are we? A um, little bit. Really? Okay, do tell. I mean, they played the Eagles this week. They won, but like the Eagles secondary is hot garbage right now just because of injuries and uh, inexperience, and Kenny Galladay couldn't have a a breakout performance against them. Kind of shocking because I figured he'd be able to kind of toast, you know, whoever he was matched up against. Um, And I think Matt Patricia is just a bad head coach and doesn't know how to game plan an offense for his team, and... I'm a little concerned about Mr. Galladay. Uh, I'm not concerned about Kenny Galladay at all. I mean, the week before, he had 117 yards and a touchdown. The week before that, he had nine targets. He had 40 yards and a touchdown. Um, I, he's not a wide receiver one, but I'm firing him up as a wide receiver two every single week with confidence, no matter what the matchup is, unless he's against like a Jalen Ramsey-type corner. So um, I'm I'm personally personally not panicking on Kenny Galladay at all. Mark Andrews, Eric Ebron, Vernon Davis. Uh, Mark Andrews definitely not panicking on. Like we said, Lamar Jackson didn't have any passing touchdowns. Uh, he saw that Mark Andrews was wide open on a play in the end zone, but again, the conditions were weird. Lamar Jackson was running kind of in a weird position to throw that to Mark Andrews. Um, if he makes a touchdown catch there, he saves his day, and everything is fine. The only reason why he's on this list is because he went from 25 points, 25 points, down to like four and a half points this week. Plus, so. he was a, a game-time decision and was kind of the third tight end with just you know them trying to be careful with him, so he's going to be fine. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be okay. Eric Ebron, we've talked about him before. Neither one of us really like him. He stinks. Uh, Jacoby Brissett doesn't really like him, clearly. And he's one of those guys where you're only playing him if you're banking on a touchdown that week. He is yep. a complete touchdown-dependent tight end. And uh, you won't find him on any of my eight rosters this year. Tud-dependent. And then Vernon Davis, same boat. Touchdown-dependent, I... I'm only touching him in my most desperate situations. I actually am forced to start him right now. I'm in a 14-team league. My two tight ends were like I, – I waited way too long for a 14-team league, and I had Jordan Reed and Dallas Goddard, and clearly that's not going so well. So I have Vernon Davis there, but that's like the only situation where I would be using him. Yeah, Washington stinks. And then, uh, yeah, so that'll, that'll just about do it for the busts of the week. Um, do you – now, out of these busts, we talked about Baker potentially being dropped. We talked about Stephon Diggs potentially being dropped. Um, is there is there anyone that you think is going to fall to the waiver wire this week that you might warrant, a, you know, a second round waiver pickup at the end of the week? Um, I wouldn't be shocked if people just like triggered finger with Chris Godwin. I I would be very shocked to see anyone drop Godwin after the monstrous week two and pretty damn I, good week. I don't advise had. it, 
would I be shocked if people are just like, oh my god, Mike Evans is back, Chris Godwin's not going to do anything? No, because there are those stupid people out there, and they probably don't listen to this podcast, but they should, because Godwin equals God wins. Well, if you guys do need help with the waiver wire, granted, you probably will hear this after your waiver wire clears, but you can feel free to go to our website. You can find the link directly on our Twitter bio, uh, and our buddy Sean, who writes for us, uh, just came out with a waiver wire article today, so you can go ahead and check that out. And, of course, you could always tweet at us or direct message us um, at goal underscore line underscore FFB. And uh, let us know what you need help with. We are always happy to help. Let's get to the matchups, Mikey. All right, let's do it. So uh, Thursday night, we obviously have the Packers and the Eagles. So give me your takes on that game. Uh, Alshon's coming back, but I'm nervous to play him because uh, Jair is a stud. If you don't know who Jair is, you don't know defense on football. He's an emerging top five corner in the league, and he is a superstar in the making. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, if you can afford the drops, potentially play him. Uh, but this Packers team we saw last week, Denver was able to run the ball with them, run the ball against them successfully, and it kind of led to their scoring plays. So I like Miles Sanders, uh, in this game. And obviously, Zach Ertz has to play, uh, Carson Wentz, play him. And then on the Packers side, Devontae Adams, obvious. Aaron Rodgers, I would play. Aaron Jones, I would play. And I would play Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah, I'll agree with you on all the Packers. Um, Aaron Jones, I'm, I'm, I am scared to play, but he, I'm still playing him as an RB two with somewhat confidence. Um, you know, the week three just left a bad taste in my mouth. He had like 20 rushing yards. His his, his whole day was saved by those two touchdowns. But uh, it was the I'm definitely, yeah, I'm I'm still starting him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and then even if you need to use a flex position spot. On uh, MVS, I think that can be done. MVS uh, is for, going to be the X factor in this game for the Green Bay Packers. Oh, he he's looked pretty damn good. Um, I will say, if this is a Devontae Adams game, though, you should temper expectations for MVS. And all signs do point to a Devontae Adams game. Uh, Although, so we will see with that. MVS is on pace for 70 catches, 900 yards, and 11 touchdowns this season. Hey, well, Pat Mahomes is on pace for 6,000 yards. What else is new? The sky is blue, grass <laughs> is green, and we're recording a podcast. And then from the Eagles side, uh, I'm only going to agree with you on Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz. I am scared of that cornerback matchup for Alshon Jeffrey, especially with him being a bit hobbled. Uh, even though he was a full participant in practice this week, I still just don't like that matchup. Uh, I'm not playing Nelson Aguilar in pretty much any situation, and I just... I don't trust the Eagles running game to to put any of those guys in my life. See, I like, I like Miles Sanders because we saw him go out in space and make some spectacular catches. So that fold of the offense is coming into fruition, and that's going to get you those PPR points and big yardage and potential receiving touchdowns. Redskins at Giants. Are you starting anyone that's not Terry McLaurin on the Redskins side of the ball? Uh, abs- Chris Thompson. Okay, yeah, Chris Thompson is about as safe as a PPR running back as you can get. He's 
probably not going to get you less than 10 points, but he's definitely not going to get you more than like 14, 14 and a half. So uh, especially, you know, if you're a Le'Veon Bell owner and, uh, you have him, and you have him on by, or if you've been using Matt Brito or Raheem Mostert, uh, Chris Thompson is a pretty perfect filler for the week. So I do like the call on Chris Thompson there. Yeah, CTZ, other side of the ball. Uh, I would play Daniel Jones. Uh, if I definitely if, would. If you got a QB on by or if you got Cam Newton or something like that, uh, scoop him up. Evan Ingram obviously gets a huge boost. I think Massive. Sterling Shepard is a flex play in this game, and I'm staying away from any sort of running back uh, that the Giants throw out there. Yeah, we were talking about it before we hopped on the pod. Uh, Wayne Goleman is here's, – here's the thing. The Giants don't have a good offense for their run game. They just – just have Saquon Barkley, who is a full team in himself. So don't be fooled by Saquon Barkley's numbers thinking that the Giants will be able to do what the Dallas Cowboys can do and just give the running any running back the ball and he's going to have a good game. I don't trust Wayne Goleman. He is actually on my sit-em list uh, in my article that I have coming out uh, on Wednesday, which would be, I guess, today. Plus, as of right uh, now, the Giants have no other actual running back on their roster behind Wayne Gallman. Yeah, and Wayne Gallman can't... He's not a good PPR asset either. He's not good. He's very very inefficient. So we're going to agree that we're going to sit the running game, but we are going to start Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and Daniel Jones, and that is the extent of that game that I'm willing to trust. Uh, Moving on to the Chiefs and the Lions... You're starting all your Chiefs. I can't think of a scenario where you're sitting really any of them. I mean, I will point out the running game is such a mystery right now. Uh, Damian Williams is hurt, but he still could play. LaShawn McCoy is hurt, but he still could play. Daryl Williams just popped off for like 130 scrimmage yards. And if LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams are both out, Daryl Williams is potentially a top 10, top 15 play this week because of how amazing he was. Like, uh, aside from the running back situation, which has to be monitored, I'm starting everyone, and then whatever one or two running backs is starting for Kansas City, I'm probably going to start them too. Yeah, and on the Lions side of things, because the Chiefs defense, Mikey, it stinks. You're, pl- you're playing Hawkinson, you're playing Kenny G, you're playing on Johnson. And, you can play uh, Marvin Jones in this one. You can play Marvin Jones, and if you have a quarterback on bye, I'd even play Matthew Stafford because they're going to be playing catch-up. Yeah, you know, everyone was really excited for the Kansas City-Baltimore game last week, thinking that that was going to be this massive, heavy-hitting fantasy game. And for the most part, it was, but we didn't see Mark Andrews. We didn't see Marquise Brown. We didn't even see Lamar Jackson really do anything until the second half of the game. Um, But I I think in this one, it's going to be what people were hoping for last week. I think this is just going to be a a heavy-hitting game all the way through. Uh, if you have a guy on either of these teams, you're probably probably a safe bet to get get you some points this week. Is this a popcorn game? This is definitely a popcorn game. You see what I did there? The Lions are going to be playing catch-up against Patrick Mahomes. He likes catch-up. It would only be more perfect if they were playing at Heinz Field. Oh, man. That would be Inception. Uh, <laughs> Titans, Falcons, Mikey. Uh, this one seems like a stink fest. Yeah, uh, Titan side of the ball. I say this every week: Delaney Walker, Derek Henry, Derek Henry, my brand. That's it. 
Uh, I'm you know, re- I have recently hopped on the Derrick Henry train. I wasn't welcome a aboard until I was, which is pretty recent. Um, but I, I do like him a lot against the Atlanta Falcons, and I like Delaney Walker a lot against the Atlanta Falcons. And on the Atlanta Falcons side of the ball, I'm definitely starting Julio Jones, obviously. I'm definitely going to start Matt Ryan in this one. Uh, I even don't hate Devonta Freeman in this one. This is the defining week for Devontae Freeman, and it sucks. It's against the Titans because their defense is elite. But if he doesn't get on track, man, you're in trouble if you're a Devontae Freeman owner. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was promising that he was able to put up the yardage that he did against the Colts. Uh, 16 rushing attempts, 88 yards. Uh, he did catch three balls as well, but it was for like seven or eight yards or something stupid like that. So Devonta Freeman... His red flag from the first two weeks, it didn't go up, but it didn't necessarily start to come down either. Would you so, say it's like an orange flag now? Uh, it's Yeah, I think it's it's definitely an orange flag, and if he has less than double-digit points against the Tennessee Titans, it's going to be about as red as it can get. Truth. Uh, Ravens-Browns. Uh, uh, God, dude, I just... I feel like you this game is more of a kind of sit back and watch unless you yeah. have obviously like Odell because you can't sit Odell. can't sit Odell and you can't sit Nick Chubb. Um, I mean, Nick Chubb, if Baker Mayfield can't produce against Baltimore, Nick Chubb can find himself in a world of problems because mm-hmm. this, Baltimore, this Baltimore Ravens defense is smart and this Baltimore Ravens defense is aggressive. And if Baker Mayfield isn't getting it done, they will zero in on Nick Chubb. With that being said, you can't sit him. Nope. I mean, you, you spent a first or a second round draft pick on the guy. You're not sitting him. But uh, expectations need to be tempered for OBJ and Nick Chubb in this one. I'm sitting Baker Mayfield. I'm sitting Jarvis Landry. I'm sitting whatever the hell tight end they have replacing David Njoku right now. Um, but on the other side of the ball, I'm starting pretty much whoever I can. Yeah. Mark Andrews is bound to have a bounce back week. Lamar Jackson should be good. Marquise Brown should bounce back, and then Mark Ingram's coming off of a colossal game, so you got to start him. Wow, I never thought I'd hear the day you say to start Mark Ingram. I know, I know. I'm Colts, turning over a new leaf. Colts hosting the Raiders, Mikey. I like everybody on the Colts that is healthy in this game because the Raiders are not good, and I think the they're building a home field advantage there at Lucas Oil Stadium too. Uh, so it's going to be a tough place to play for the Raiders uh, that are used to playing outdoors. Um, but I like everybody, but I don't like the tight ends like we talked about because Jacoby Brissett does not like tight ends. I think this is going to be a big week for Paris Campbell. I'm I'm too hesitant to start Paris Campbell. And obviously if T.Y. Hilton plays, even a, even a hobbled T.Y. Hilton needs to be in your lineup because he's, he's that good. And him and Jacoby Brissett surprisingly have a – have a mind meld or something like that because they look great together. Um, so I'm nervous, though. I'm nervous with T.Y. just because it is a an injury that will hamper just his ability to run. Um, so I, I, it's something to keep an eye on before Sunday. Realistically, though, if you have T.Y. on your roster, you probably don't have a surefire better option. Um, I will say that if he is limited all week and if he if they come out and say he's not 100% going into Sunday and let's say you have, I don't know, a guy like Marvin Jones on your bench, okay, then yeah, maybe I'll consider sitting T.Y. Hilton just because of the other matchup. 
Yeah, Raiders, Darren um, Waller. I'm, I'm still too, I'm still too afraid to start Paris Campbell though because we just we haven't seen him do much yet. So I'm not going to jump on that, but I will be confident to start Jacoby Brissett and Marlon Mack in this one. And then, as you were saying on the Raiders, Darren Waller, uh, Tyrell Williams, flex play. Yeah, the, those two. Are mostly, the only guys. mostly because Malik Hooker is out, so he's not going to be navigating the back end of that defense. Yeah, so those are the only two guys that. Uh, well, what do you think about Josh Jacobs in this one? I'm hesitant. I like him in this one, to be honest with you. Um, the only reason why is because Devonta Freeman has looked like garbage, and he just put up 88 yards against the Colts, and the Colts haven't. The Colts have not been great against the run to start the season, so. I do think Josh Jacobs is going to find opportunity in this one. Patriots and Bills for first place. Yes, you heard this right. For first place in the AFC East in Buffalo. We are all Bills Mafia this weekend. <laughs> Shout out to Poncho Bravo. Oh, man. If, if, if Buffalo can somehow pull together a win over New England, it will be just the greatest weekend ever. Are you playing Josh Allen this weekend? I I know you have to. <laughs> I well I think I am. I I personally have either him against the Patriots or I have Jared Goff against the Buccaneers. So out of those two, I'm personally sticking with Jared Goff just because the yeah. Buccaneers just got torched by Daniel Jones. Um but I will say I still do love Josh Allen. And I think he's going to be a top 12 quarterback this week. I mean, he's he's incredibly safe uh, because of that running ability. And this Patriots defense is pretty damn good, but I'm not going to shy away. If Josh Allen is the QB1 on my roster, I'm sticking with him. Yeah, uh, the two receivers for the Bills. Just simple start, sit, or flex them. Cole Beasley, John Brown. Uh, flex. For both? For both. Cole Beasley for the volume, John Brown for the big playability. For the big playability. Are we worried about Sony Michelle? Very. Uh, Sony Michelle has been flat. He hasn't looked good. He's not even a part of their game plan. Uh, Rex Burkhead has completely intruded. James White is going to be back in the lineup this weekend. Shout out James White coming back from uh, paternity leave. Yeah, good for him. Um, but dude, Sony Michelle is just—he's looking like a he, Sega. He's another guy that I was fading this offseason, and it's just I don't really like him in this one. And, I mean, it's just not looking good for for him the rest of the season. Yeah, not at all. Josh Gordon uh, and Julian Edelman, obviously. Julian Edelman has the rib injury, but it looks like he's going to play from all indications. Yeah, they're both both must-starts. Philip Dorsett. I I would start him because I think this is going to be a very competitive game, and I think Tom Brady's going to need to bring his full bag of tricks, and Philip Dorsett is definitely somewhere in that bag of tricks. And week one and week three, when Antonio Brown was not with the Patriots, Philip Dorsett got his. He played well. And then Tom Brady, um, Tom Brady for the first time in a few years is finally fantasy relevant again, and People are using him as their QB1, and even though the Buffalo Bills defense is pretty decent, I'm still starting Brady this week. I think he's a low-end QB1 this week because the Bills defense is nasty. 
for sure. But I, I do like him a lot more than I would have uh, in any matchup over the past like three years. True. Mikey, your Panthers head to Houston to take on the Texans. I just hate talking about them. <laughs> because there's just so much going on right now. I'm just I'm just so nervous to say anything about them. But I will say this. Christian McCaffrey is a god. That is true. <laughs> I took the easy way out on that one. Um, but... In all seriousness, Kyle Allen, um, I'm not starting him in this one because he is going to be tested a lot more in this one than he was against Arizona. With that being said, I'm definitely starting Greg Olson. And to be honest, as long as it's a PPR league, I'm fine with starting Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore as well. DJ Moore is going to be you know, borderline wide receiver two, wide receiver three. And then Curtis Samuel is more of a flex play, I think. But they both have obviously, you know, big potential so i do like carolina's offense in this one yeah and the texans secondary is dog dookie yeah so i do think kyle allen could find a way to take advantage of him of them uh i'm not starting kyle allen just because you do want to see more from a guy uh before you can start him and it's not like he completely went off like daniel jones for like 36 points it's he went off for a, a pretty decent amount of points but it was against arizona who does not exist on defense right now. D Hop, Will Fuller, Kiki QT, Kenny Stills. Uh, I think I'm gonna bench DeAndre Hopkins this week because he only got me like 12 points last week. He's low key, uh, kind of on <laughs> you know in some area codes. He's on a he's on the side of milk cartons because he has been missing a little bit recently. He has, but in all seriousness, you're not sitting DeAndre no. Hopkins. He is as elite as they come. Uh, I will say, though, my Carolina cornerbacks, they have been stepping up. However, they cannot seem to make a damn tackle to save their lives. So if DeAndre Hopkins can get the ball, he can damn well break off for something big because my guys don't know how to tackle. Is this the Um, Will Fuller breakout game? If I thought that it was, I wouldn't have traded him (laughs) to you today. I did get Will Fuller today in our... Our money league, our trophy league, whatever you want to call it, uh, and I'm very happy to own Will Fuller because he's my guy and he's going for uh, four straight weeks of playing now out of 16. <laughs> Had to do it yeah, for the brand. But, but I'm not starting Will Fuller. I'm not starting Kiki Kute. Uh, I'm not starting Kenny Stills. I mean, oddly enough, Deshaun Watson is a, an incredibly good quarterback. He's going to be a top five option pretty much any week. He's a top five option this week. DeAndre Hopkins is obviously a top five option at his position. Uh, but ironically enough, I'm not starting any of his other options because you don't know whose week it's going to be. I mean, he made he made a tight end, one of his tight ends, who has never done anything before. Uh, he made him look pretty damn great this past weekend. So. I'm not starting anyone not named Deshaun Watson or DeAndre Hopkins on the Houston side of the ball. Are we afraid of Duke Johnson right now? I okay. Here's the thing: if you need a flex play for a running for a running back, or if you have a San Francisco running back or Le'Veon Bell, I think you could start Carlos Hyde in this one because he's actually been playing pretty well. Duke Johnson is just not doing what we wanted him to, and. It's it's proven to be correct that Deshaun Watson just doesn't want to target his running back. So I'm not starting Duke Johnson, but I will flex Carlos Hyde. C.J. Anderson worked out for the Houston Texans today. I uh, don't <laughs> see very much coming from that, even if he makes the team. Although it would be interesting 
to see him get slotted in against the Carolina Panthers, who cut him after like four weeks last last year. Houston, please trade for Melvin Gordon. <laughs> do something, <laughs> uh, but do it after this week. I don't want Carolina to have to go against that. Mikey, the Chargers and the Dolphins. Before we start, the Chargers are a sixteen-point favorite going into this one. They are a minus sixteen. Are you taking the points? Dude, I keep saying no, but then Miami just gets worse and worse every <laughs> week. Like, I didn't think the Patriots were going to do it, and they did. I didn't think the Cowboys were going to do it, and they did. I don't think the Chargers are going to do it, but, but I'm they sure will. they will. Uh, so, I'm, I've learned my lesson. I'm not putting any money on this game, but I, 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 it'll probably happen. Chargers, is this a Chargers popcorn? Uh yeah, it's a Chargers popcorn just because they're gonna do literally everything. I mean, Philip Rivers is honestly like a top seven quarterback this week against Miami. Keenan Allen is the number one overall receiver for the week. Mike Williams can be treated as a top twenty four type guy. Um, not playing any of the tight ends just because we have no idea what the hell's going on, and then Austin Eckler should be pretty dynamic in this one as well. For what it's worth, shout out to Josh Rosen because he looked decent and like an actual NFL quarterback last week. His wide receivers just couldn't catch the ball. He's just on a terrible team. And I I, I kind of feel bad for Josh Rosen at this point, man. I really do. It's awful. Uh, Mikey, your hated Panthers rival, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they head out to L.A. to take on the Rams. Is this is this a potential popcorn game sans Jameis Winston? It could be. Um, I think Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are both must-starts in this one. Uh, Mike Evans is obviously going to get the harsher coverage, but I mean that that entire Rams defense is good. But I do think Godwin and Evans are both going to be high upside plays this week. I'm shying away from OJ Howard if I can, just because he's still not performing to what he should be. But there are scenarios where you have to start him, mm-hmm. so take that for what you will. Jameis Winston is a guy I'm not starting this week. I know he's coming off of a successful week against the Giants, but the Rams' defense is a whole other monster, and I'm not starting him. And, and the then, Rams are way better at home than they are on the road. Oh, no doubt. And then there's the obvious conundrum that's going on between Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. Stay and away. let's just be safe and avoid that whole situation. Until further notice, which is probably after the season. Yeah, we have no idea what the hell's going on with Rams, that. how are we feeling about Todd Gurley in this one? I don't like him in this one. Um, Tampa Bay still has not given up significant points to the running back position. I mean, they stymied Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, before Saquon Barkley went down, they were even playing pretty good defense against Saquon Barkley. So, I, I no, I think I'm sitting Todd Gurley this week. Uh, the trio of wide receivers. Starting, starting, starting. And Jared Gurf, you've obviously said you're starting. Definitely starting him, yeah. Uh, Seahawks and Cardinals. This could be <laughs> this could be a fantasy popcorn game right here. Really? Because because the Cardinals have no defense, and Kyler Murray somehow keeps getting it done on offense. So. Russell Wilson is a must-start. Tyler Lockett is a must-start. DK Metcalf, which I haven't said this yet, but I'm about to, he is a boomer bust flex start. For the brand. Chris Carson, Chris Carson is a must-start. Will Disley is a must-start. Then on the Arizona side of the ball, you can't sit David Johnson. 
I think Kyler Murray is very startable in this one. Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald have both been playing uh, at very high levels and have been getting very high volumes, so I'm also starting them, too. I dig it. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings head to Chicago to take on the Bears. What's the opposite of a popcorn game? Um, so like a Brussels sprouts game? <laughs> like just something so awful that it's it's terrible. This um, game is garbage. Yeah, it really is. Aside from Dalvin Cook, can you name a single player in this game that you're like a thousand percent confident in starting? I mean, like you're probably not sitting Adam Thielen just because he's been the only consistent object in that <laughs> Minnesota passing attack. But I mean, what else is going on there? Nothing. It's like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with Yukon Cornelius when he's tasting his ice pick. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> And then especially with Taylor Gabriel probably not playing in this game, Allen Robinson is going to be marked up tight. Uh, I don't trust any of the Bears running backs just yet. I mean, this is really one of those games where you have Adam Thielen, you're probably playing him as a wide receiver too. Dalvin Cook could run into his first problems of the season. Uh, so it'll be this – is, this is a test to see just how good Dalvin Cook actually is. Truth. Uh, so, but you're starting him. Jaguars heading to Denver to take on the Broncos. Uh, Jaguars wide receivers, how do we feel about them? DJ Chark only. Cue the Just baby shark music. Gardner Minshew loves him some DJ Chark, and the world loves them some Gardner Minshew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm starting Leonard Fournette and DJ Chark in this one. I'm still too nervous to start. Gardner Minshew, and the only reason why I'm saying that is because there's there's no one on a bye this week that would warrant a Gardner Minshew start. That's fair. Uh, so you are starting Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette and DJ Chark. All right. Uh, Broncos, Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders, and the running back tandem. It it depends. If Jalen Ramsey is still there and he's on the field this Sunday... Which, I mean, Jalen Ramsey has the flu, so... Quote-unquote, the flu. Uh, we'll see what's going on there. But if he plays, I'm not starting Emmanuel Sanders, and I'm not starting Cortland Sutton. Uh, if he doesn't play, I probably still wouldn't play Cortland Sutton, but I would play Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, we talked about Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman... Do you like them in this game? I don't like them in this game, but they're serviceable. They are they're kind of the equivalent to what we were saying Chris Thompson was. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not, they don't have the same it, – it, it's in different ways. So Chris Thompson, his are obviously literally all from receptions and receiving yards where Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay are going to get a little bit of each. They are both that kind of player that you could slot into your flex position if you just need – 10 to 14 points from your players. Uh, they're safe, but there's not a whole lot of upside here, especially against the Jaguars front line. I actually think they're trending towards the not-so-safe side this week now that I'm saying it out loud. Uh, but I I would start them if I absolutely had to, but I would sit them if I could. Cowboys and Saints down in New Orleans. Popcorn? Um... I would say yes if Drew Brees wasn't hurt. I mean, granted, even if he wasn't hurt, there's only 
two realistic fantasy options for the Saints on offense. Yeah, and you're starting both of them. You can't sit Alvin Kamara. You can't sit Michael Thomas. And even without Drew Brees, Michael Thomas is still proven to be pretty damn good. I mean, he's not doing anything spectacular, but he's putting up very solid wide receiver two numbers. And, I mean, you could complain about it, but without Drew Brees, he could he could be doing a hell of a lot worse. So you can't complain too much. Obviously, we're starting Zeke. We're starting Amari Cooper. Are we starting Jason Witten? No. I'm not starting Jason Witten unless I am incredibly, incredibly desperate. Like, Jason Witten is – the only scenario where I can see someone starting Jason Witten this week is if George Kittle is their only tight end and the waiver wire is decimated right now. Are we starting Randall Cobb? No. I – somebody wrote to me last week and asked if they should bench player XYZ so they could start Randall Cobb against the Miami Dolphins. And without even hesitating, I said, absolutely not. Don't do it. If Randall Cobb can't perform against the Miami Dolphins, they're really not going to be expecting him to perform against the Saints. So he is not on my radar at all. And Monday night football in Pittsburgh, Heinz Field, Bengals, Steelers. How are we feeling? James Conner can be started in this one. Juju Smith-Schuster is a must-start. Those are the only two players from the Pittsburgh side of the ball that I'm starting. Um, and then from Cincinnati, I'm kind of starting anyone that I can. I like Joe Mixon in this one. Uh, if you need a quarterback filler, Andy Dalton should be pretty decent in this one. John Ross and Tyler Boyd both have a ton of upside in this one. So any of those four players, I'm pretty content with plugging in. Pretty much. And that wraps up a week four of games. And obviously the New York uh, – mono-infested Jets <laughs> and the San Francisco 49ers are on the bye uh, so those guys make sure you uh, get them out of your lineup and I do like shout out to Yahoo not a sponsor they highlight the players now that are on a bye week yeah I like that a lot and I also like that it doesn't just say in tiny letters bye no now game it says this bye week. no game this week so it is it is very nice um I mean, to the avid fantasy football players such as you or me, we always know when to take our guys out. But Big facts. To, to an average fantasy football player doesn't pay attention as much as we do because we are psychos about it. Um, it's definitely a nice reminder there. Now it's in your face. And you know what else could be in your face, Mikey, is if you go on the Twitter.com and you follow Goal Line and you follow Underground Sports Philadelphia at Underground PHI. For the network, at goal, underscore line, underscore FFB for goal line content. And you can follow us on Twitter at GFF underscore Mikey and at KBIZZL311. Shout out to the old AOL Instant Messenger for that one. (laughs) And uh, you can also subscribe to us, and this also be in your face, on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Like Mikey said, you can tweet us all your good fantasy stuff. Leave your review as your fun fantasy story of the week. It's that simple. Uh, and if you don't have an iPhone, that new iPhone 11, not a sponsor, just came out, go upgrade your phone. Or you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your good old podcasts. Absolutely. So I think that'll just about do it for us over here. Um, you know, this was, it's it's a kiss of death, but also kind of cool to be talking about football with bye weeks involved. Now there is a lot more strategy going into each week because, 
You have some of your stars sitting, like Le'Veon Bell and George Kittle this week. You have some of those guys that you've been, you know, filling your roster out with, uh, you know, uh, what's his what's his face from the Jets that's getting all those targets? Jameson Crowder, you know. So it's it's definitely interesting to really pay attention going forward with those lineups. But for myself, for Kyle, for Underground Sports Philadelphia, and of course for Goal Line Fantasy Football, that's going to do it for us tonight. And we look forward to seeing you guys again, same time, same place next week. It's way too early for bye weeks. NFL, fix it. Uh, go Birds. Peace. <laughs>